I'm coming in hot. Welcome to Living Off the Land, the All Things Cleveland podcast, with your hosts, Jordan, Jimmy, and Dan. Follow us on social media at the LOTL podcast. Yeah, coming in hot. Coming in hot. Just like the fajita. Like the fajita. I write what I live. Write what I live. My life in the speaker. I'm nice with the flow. Nice with the Just like the demeanor. I'm feeding my fam. I'm feeding the meter. All right, welcome back. Welcome into episode 63 of LOTL. Appreciate you guys listening to us. Uh, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and uh, Spotify. Thanks for checking in. Um, follow us on social media at the LOTL Podcast. Uh, check us out on our website, www.lotlpodcast.com. Uh, and uh, yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for checking back with us for the very special NBA Draft Edition. <laughs> what are you giggling for, Jordan? Of living off the land. I, just, uh, I I'm wasn't uh, expecting that. <laughs> okay, we're, we're recording a podcast, guys. Uh, I'm Dan, uh, here with uh, Jordan as always. Jimmy is out of town, and uh, back with us uh, is our number one Cavs fan, Steve Stefano. What's going on, Steve? Let's go, Cavs. <laughs> Let's go get somebody good tonight. Come on, Cavs. Gotta make it happen. Come on, Cavs. <laughs> What's up, Jordan? How's it going? Can't complain. Not liking the weather, but whatever. Yeah, we are. Uh, well, at least at least we're uh, on the second floor here. No, no, uh, no, no threat of flooding. It's a good thing we're under so, flash flood warning right now. Half of uh, yeah, half of Cleveland is uh, essentially underwater pretty much right now. So well, we appreciate you guys listening to us right now. It's probably Friday morning, and the Cavs have already drafted. Uh, so this is kind of going to be a live react slash prediction uh show uh the draft is literally just beginning now as uh we're recording so i haven't called anybody yet, so right? we will uh we will go live to commissioner adam silver when the Cavs are going to make their pick and we will react live to what's going on um a flurry of trade activity has already happened uh before the draft uh picks right in front and right behind the Cavs. uh so that should be interesting to see who gets picked and who teams were targeting with those trades uh, and where that leaves the Cavs. So uh, we will get into that as that happens. But just to kind of intro the episode, how we usually do, uh, we have a top five. We have a poll. Both are NBA-related. Uh, our top five is going to be our top five NBA draft busts of all time. So we'll go through the list of horrendous NBA draft picks. Uh, our poll is, are you excited for the draft? Now, the NBA draft is its kind of like a middling event. It's not nearly as popular as the NFL draft, but it's certainly more popular than uh, the MLB draft. Uh, so uh, we'll kind of see the results as to who's 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 fired up for the draft. Yeah, I would say, I mean, after the NFL, it's obviously the only one in America that gets real big. I mean, right. NHL is very, very niche, so right. not a lot of people get too excited about that. And same with MLB, but yeah. different system too. But. So, uh, yeah, we'll go through all that. Uh, we will spend a bunch of time in today's episode kind of talking about the the NBA draft and kind of where the Cavs go from here after they make their selections and, um, you know, what's next for them as an organization moving forward. So uh, we'll talk about that. And uh, we'll get into some Indians talk uh, as they are in a bit of a uh, good stretch here right now. They lost uh, today, but um, – 
it's been a positive run for the last uh, couple weeks for the Indians. So, uh, you know, maybe they're going to make uh, a run of the playoffs here yet. So we'll see what happens. And uh, not really much to talk about with the Browns because they're in summer break right now. So uh, we're not going to spend pretty much any time with the Browns. But uh, we will talk about that. we got some, some events we're going to talk about uh, as well. But like I said, this is uh, pretty much just going to be a Cavs and NBA draft-centric podcast. But before we get into all that, uh, we have a beer of the week this week. So, Jordan, what are we sipping on? We are drinking one of my favorite summer beers this year, actually. Uh, it's by Saucy Brewworks, and it's called Don't Stop With It, With It. Don't Stop With It, With It. So, um, it is a Belgian-style tangerine white is how they describe it. Um, you can really taste the tangerine in this beer. Uh, it's one of the first things you'll notice when you take a sip, and it oh, yeah. finishes real orangey too it's got a little bit of spice um but it's very refreshing and i would say it's pretty drinkable Mm -hmm. and it's a pretty overall solid um summer beer only 4.8 percent right so this is the type of beer i would pack this in with your cooler when you go to the beach you could probably have a good amount of these and you actually um, might like this steve yeah it's pretty it's pretty fresh i'm gonna be on the beach uh, starting on saturday this is not very carbonated at all it almost tastes like orange juice it's very flat yeah it's not it's not like you know, hoppy or bu- you try it? bubbly or anything. We'll see. Um, Be a tease for later in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so you can get this, of course, at Saucy, but uh, they have uh, they sell cans now um, in most grocery stores around the area. I highly recommend getting a Crowler, though, if you go to Saucy of it, and there's nothing better than it super fresh right off the tap. So, um, but yeah, Saucy Brew Works, don't stop with it, with it. Don't stop with it, with it. All right, so uh, right now the Pelicans are on the clock. The pick is in. Boy, that was a tough decision. I wonder who they're going to draft. Did they uh, anything yet? The, well, it just says the pick is in. Oh, so, okay. I mean, oh, look, he's crowd surfing. And ESPN reporter doing a crowd surf outside the Smoothie King that's, Center. That's right not now. super annoying. Yeah. Yeah. These guys are just going to be heading to Bourbon Street mm-hmm. on a Thirsty Thursday later. <laughs> so anyway, before the before the pickets in, um, just so we have our ducks in the row, the Pelicans had the fourth pick. Well, they have the first pick, and uh, they also had the fourth pick as a result of the uh, Anthony Davis trade to the Lakers. Uh, the Pelicans just traded that pick about 45 minutes before the draft started to Atlanta f- for 8, 17, and a future first-round pick. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> so... Obviously, Atlanta's targeting somebody. It's it's highly reported that they're in love with DeAndre Hunter from Virginia, so that's okay. probably who they're going to pick. Another interesting move is uh, Minnesota traded up from 11 to 6 with Phoenix. I don't remember exactly what the compensation is for that, but it's interesting that they already made a trade uh, for 6th, when the Cavs are at fifth. So either they know what the Cavs are doing or they're just willing to take that risk. So they're, obviously there's a player that Minnesota's targeting if they're trading up to six. So maybe they think that the Cavs just aren't going to take who they're taking. I don't know. Maybe they talk to the Cavs, been like, hey, you interested in this guy? No. Yeah. Okay, we're going to trade up here. <laughs> so we'll see. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know why this is taking so long because we know who New Orleans is picking. Right. Um, but yeah, so that's where we sit. So uh, New Orleans one, Memphis two. They're all but certainly going to take John Morant, 
The Knicks right now are at three. They've entertained some trade-down offers, but I think they're staying pat, and they're going to take R.J. Barrett. Uh, now Atlanta's at four. Cavs five, Minnesota six. And then right now the Cavs are uh, have a second pick in the first round, but they're at 26. But there's a lot of rumor out there that uh, they could be moving up from that pick involving the J.R. Smith contract. So we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, we're just kind of waiting. I, I kind of want to uh, see and hear the reaction for Zion getting picked. Yes, so, I agree. That sounds like a good idea. Uh, we're just waiting for the commissioner. Um. Do you guys do you guys think Zion's got superstar written all over him? I think he does. I think he does. Uh, I don't know if it's like LeBron level superstar, but I think he's going to be. Uh, <coughs> Here we go. He's going to be one of the top players for sure. With the first pick in the 2019 NBA draft, the New Orleans Pelicans select Zion Williamson. <laughs> Shocker! Shocker! Emotions evident. He's shook. He's so shocked. He's shook. He shook. Uh, so Zion officially goes number one. Uh, so yeah, uh, back to what we were talking about. You guys both, both kind of think Zion's got superstar written all over. I mean, any guy that has that kind of athletic ability always has the chance to be a superstar. The question then becomes, what do they have between the ears, right? In so, terms of knowledge of the game and just. Um, what kind of character they have? So I, I I said this, and this I might eat my words one day. I I I have this weird feeling that Zion. I feel like he could either be a superstar, or he's like a Blake Griffin who's really good and really talented, but doesn't really develop much other than oh he's super athletic and can dunk pretty cool. Like yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like I, I I I'd probably eat these words one day, and I it's whatever, but. I, I do. If I had to guess, I would bet he will be a superstar. Yeah. I do think he's going to be one of the faces of the NBA in the mm-hmm. next decade. But I could also see it being a weird thing where it's like, oh, he's just super athletic. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. Because LeBron, for instance, immediately developed that jump shot. Not not like immediately, but yeah. it was a thing he was working on. You know, he he yeah. he changed up his moves every throughout every year. You know, so there, he did so many things to adjust, and he basically caught up with every time people try to catch up with him. So uh, that would be key to me to see if Zion can do that and adapt to the NBA style. That's a great point, Jordan, because the first couple of years we were in the league, every time LeBron would go for one of his 20-foot step-back jumpers, we would all be just like, oh, no, right. no, 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 right. no, bad shot. It wasn't it, until the Cavs' first playoff year, 06 and 07, yeah. he, and he started to make that shot consistently. We started to say to ourselves, wow. You know, how are you going to guard that guy if he's making that and well, he gets the If, if you remember, too, when he was really good in his, like, core years, like, like late Cav years, the first round, uh, Miami years, he actually was driving so much. Like, that was so much of what he did. And he started developing that jumper. Like, he actually started making that a terrifying thing later in his career. Wow, Zion's, um, like, bawling on the set. Yeah, he's really emotional. Right I think that – I'm guessing that's his mom. I'm not sure. I would assume so. Yeah. But uh, good for him, man. He's, yeah, he seems he like a really good mom. kid. He does seem to be like a genuinely nice guy. Yeah. Like, you know. Uh, but anyways, yeah. So even LeBron didn't develop that jump shot that we now know him to have <coughs> till later in his career. So 
Yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, Zion can adapt. Yeah, I, I think that I think that's the biggest key for for Zion is developing a jump shot. Uh, if he develops a jump shot, he he literally has no weakness in his game. Uh, I, I, right. I, I'd say I actually would say his ceiling is higher than uh, or his floor is higher than Blake Griffin, just because I think he's a better ball handler, he's a better passer, he's a better distributor, he has better feet than Blake Griffin. Right. Right. Blake Griffin, oh, was, Blake yeah, Griffin was just that, insanely athletic. Yeah, that was just a weird comparison. I think no, he, no, it, I think he already has proven. Yeah, I agree that he's he's got better skills. For yeah, sure. it's. I mean, it's to me, it, it's it's right on as the as the closest comp uh, to yeah. what his floor could be. Um, I mean, you could say Sean Kemp too, just yeah, because, just because yeah, similar yeah. body styles. Now Sean Kemp ate his way out of the league, uh, but and and Cavs fans <laughs> know that because when he played for the Cavs, he turned into like a four hundred pound blob. But uh, <laughs> but but hopefully that doesn't happen with Zion because he seems like a legitimately good kid and yeah, and yeah. I, I think he's going to be good for the NBA. So. Uh, good for the Pelicans. Good for uh, David Griffin. Good for Zion. Hopefully, uh, uh, he'll be better for the Pelicans than Anthony Davis was. I agree. You know that the real question is, will Zion Williamson ultimately be just like Anthony Davis, and that the Pelicans are just unable to surround him with a team? I don't think that's going to happen. Not yeah. with David Griffin as the GM. I oh, feel I, like I, he's way I, too shrewd to right. Well, I, totally I, I think some of the players they've already put on there are, are solid options, and what they're planning to do in the future, you know, I think. Well, I yeah, think I mean, I, I think they're taking it very seriously, and like you said, Griffin's name being there is is already a good start. Yeah, so I I, I think uh, uh, Griffin being there is a total game changer. I mean, what yeah. when yeah. Uh, when you look at New Orleans. And before Anthony Davis got traded, it was kind of like basketball, like Siberia. I mean, mm-hmm. they made the playoffs once, and then like in the last, like I think they made the playoffs they once, and Anthony Davis. The Warriors or yeah, they got swept by the Warriors. Um, so it's not really, a great free agent destination when you think about it. I mean, unless if you're just like into like beignets you know, and <laughs> really good seafood and and partying all night, like that's. Pretty much all you're going to get in New Orleans. Yeah, right. Well, John Morant goes too, officially to the Grizzlies. This was the guy I wanted the Cavs yeah. to get. Yeah. Well, when when we got when we got five in the, in the draft lottery, that basically threw away any chance of that. So. Yeah, I was not happy on lottery night. <laughs> yeah. were so, most people. I still don't understand why the lottery isn't just record based. Like, come on. We have nothing to complain about, though. We had three first round, uh, number one picks this decade. Yeah. So. I I don't I, I don't I don't know that you could do that in the NBA. The Why? NBA would become so bad. The, do you think tanking's bad now? Well, so somebody <laughs> had an idea which this might be a little kooky, but make a playoff for the bottom teams to fight for the top pick. Oh right. Well, uh, which I think would be awesome. Or yeah, that was a, the, that was what's his name? Playoff. Silver. Didn't Silver say that? Or I that I don't know. I don't know if it was Silver, but yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, the, so so the bad teams would essentially play for the right to get the number one pick. Yes. Yeah. Huh. So, like, I wonder, would this tournament go on, like, while the NBA playoffs is going on? I would, would you, have would you do to that? imagine. You'd have to do it. Run then. it during it the first round. To, yeah. Guess, yeah, it would, ha- it would have to be concurrent. Yeah. A lot of people yeah. are not watching in the first yeah. round anyway. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, don't get me started on my beliefs on the first round. I think it should not exist, and I think you should, the first round. Only would, eight teams get in. Just yeah, like I don't think it should be the way it is right now. I understand why they do it. Only eight well, at least make the first round five games again. 
best of five. That that needs to come back. I would, I would say I would say we should we should do our top five for the Cavs pick, but they're only doing five minutes between picks, so yeah. So we should we, probably wait. We should probably. Cavs. I would agree. I would. I would wait. Yeah. yeah so agree. so the Knicks are up now, and uh, if if they're staying at three, uh, it's widely reported they're going to take RJ Barrett. Uh, Which they it, should. It would it would completely it would be a complete Knicks thing to do to not take RJ Barrett and take somebody else or to trade down. Oh well, yeah, or some no, weird. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, no, for me it, it would be take some it, like like remember. Uh, I mean, he ended up being very good, but like when they took uh, Chris Porzingis and everybody in New York was just like, "What the hell?" Right. He ended right. up being really good. That was a rare case where the the fans didn't know better than the GM. Yeah, I remember with them taking or guys how about like Frank you know, Nilakina. <laughs> Or Ronaldo Bachman. Oh God! <laughs> I still remember after they made that pick, Stephen A. Smith is on the is on the set for ESPN. And he just oh, said God. he was asked about his opinion. He's like, I, 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 I'm speechless. At, at the end of the day, <laughs> the Knicks cannot make this pick. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Stephen A. Stephen A. had a nice rant uh, today about the Knicks that I sent Jordan. It was hilarious. I'll have to show you it after the episode, but you will laugh was, your ass it was, off. It was pretty good. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so Ja goes to Memphis. Knicks are on the clock. What do you think of the draft hats? Oh, I sure. love them. I love them. I actually kind of like them as well. I think they're pretty sweet. None of them are using the actual logo of the team. They're just all basketball, like, logos. It looks like the Pistons logo for pretty much everything. It kind of does, yeah. Yeah, but it's, for ev- but it's the same for every team. They just They just alternate the team colors. Hmm. Who is that, and why is he wearing that hat? Oh, this guy comes in wearing a fedora. Well, it just, must be his dad. Just goes right next to John Morant. Like, it must be his dad. Yeah, a lot of them are with their family. It's interesting. Like John Morant kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, I know because he probably because he went to uh, wasn't highly recruited. He ended up in Murray State. Oh yeah, he went to Murray State. But yeah, he he came out of nowhere and uh, just lit college basketball oh, yeah, fire. First yeah. round of the NCAA tournament, he had a triple-double. It was wow, the first in the tournament in wait, five years. It, am I seeing that right? His father's taller than him? Yeah. Well, Jaw's only like 6'2", 6'3". Oh. He's a point guard. I wasn't aware he was that yeah. short. So the guy I want, well, now, because of the, you, of the trades. You could probably check him. No, Jordan uh, can't check Nope. Him. He'd probably like blink. I would probably blink, and he'd be around me. Yeah. John Morant is like De'Aaron Fox, quick. Yeah, yeah. My boy, De'Aaron That's right. Fox. That's your boy. I that I, I I heard an interesting comparison for uh, Colin Sexton today, comparing him to De'Aaron Fox a little bit. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. He, I would say he's a couple. He would have to develop a lot more, but it's yeah. I could see. Well, that De'Aaron comparison. Fox developed a lot in his second year. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, okay. he he actually had a pretty rough. Uh, first year, it was very streaky, if yeah. I remember correctly. I was real excited about him. Pick but is he in was for the Knicks. Super streaky. Pick is in for the. Oh, there's Spike Lee. What's he gonna do? He's got to be like, no, don't, don't screw this up. Don't he had screw a this long up. drive from Manhattan to Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> wow, look at that suit. I actually don't hate that. I like it a lot, mainly because of the all black underneath. The pink yeah. and black is it's a good compliment. I think look, it's actually. cool. Yeah. yeah, let's turn it up for this one now. Um, should we? I just want to hear how the fans are. Oh, yeah, it is the Knicks pick. Well, yeah. I'll, wait, I'll wait till the yeah. commissioner actually comes out. Apologize for the for the dead air. We're just kind of waiting for the Cavs to pick, and then we'll kind of get in there. Silver there coming go. to the podium right now. With the third pick, 
Please be a Euro player. Please be a Euro player. <laughs> Alright, they actually did the right thing. That's an excellent pick, obviously. Alright, so the Knicks take uh, RJ Barrett. Uh, we kind of all thought that was going to happen, but, you know, the Knicks are a wild card. There's always a chance that they might, you know, throw a curveball and draft uh, <laughs> some, like, Australian guy or something like that. But uh, So the Knicks take R.J. Barrett. Uh, before this college basketball season, a lot of people said he was the, the, num the consensus number one uh, pick uh, before – you know, Zion took college basketball by storm. Everybody thought Zion was just a you know leaper and a fancy dunker. Right, but then he actually then he started actually performing and freaking in monster. <laughs> yeah. So wow, I didn't realize how tall Adam Silver is. Yeah, Barrett's six seven. Does that I mean, mean Silver's at least Silver's six five? Yeah. Wow. He's a freaky looking guy. Yeah, he looks like an alien. I he think really, I think you said that he might actually be one of the lizard people. That's why he's, <laughs> that's why he got in the the job at the NBA. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so who's oh so Atlanta so I, I I fully expect Atlanta to take DeAndre Hunter from Virginia so and then it's the Cavs. Oh uh, uh, wait a minute they've got the Lakers at number four now what happened? Well because the Lakers still technically own the pick because oh, because they the, can't announce because that. the trade has not been completed. Eh. So the Lakers essentially were drafting for. Uh, Wait, so this is the Lakers are drafting, but they're not actually going to get this yeah. player. So, so basically, what this they're going to take whoever. Well, it was New Orleans, but now it's Atlanta. Okay. So basically, and the Lakers can't screw this up because if they don't take who New Orleans wanted, New Orleans would be just be like, okay, well, we're not trading you, Anthony Davis now. Gotcha. So because okay. they can't okay. agree to that until the league year starts, which yeah. I think is July first. Yeah. So it's not. Yeah. So any any time you see like a see like a trade. In the NBA draft, they're gonna keep the original team up there, and they'll just end up saying like drafting four or something like that. It's not how the NFL works. The NFL, uh, first of all, the the way the the timing of when the NBA does their draft is ridiculous. They do it like a week after the finals end every year, which is dumb. Yeah. So the NFL does their draft, and they actually will. Uh, uh, finish these trades and you know they'll switch the names on the on the draft board or whatever the nba doesn't do that so by uh, the way this technically is the, the lakers are drafting but they're drafting for the pelicans and now for atlanta after that trade by the way this is the first time that one school has had two players both taken in the top three more than once wow. uh jay williams and mike dunleavy in o2 uh mike oh. dunleavy in fact, the last time it happened for any team was in 2014. Joel Embiid and um, uh, Andrew Wiggins were both taken from Kansas. You just made the list! <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, you know, It's going to be interesting to see what happens with the uh, Knicks and free agency now. Because now they have, they have a decent nucleus of young talent uh, with Barrett... Kevin Knox, Dennis Smith Jr. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see what, how, see what happens how in free much, agency. How much cap space have they cleared? Like, do they have a lot to pick up a free agent? They can sign two max free agents. So they do have the okay. Knicks. Yeah. yeah. So like, so they might actually be able to scrap something together. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're they're big game hunting with uh, um, 
Kevin Durant, and they're going to offer him a five-year deal, even though he's even even, though he's injured or a four four-year deal because they can only offer a four-year deal. But uh, yeah, essentially, so the essentially, their pitch is going to Kevin Durant is we'll give you a full max contract, mm-hmm. and then we're gonna de- we're gonna uh, dedicate this season to just building the team around you, and then you developing, come back. Yeah. yeah, developing. And then you come back. And then you said they have another slot. Too, and they have another so slot. So, you know, who knows? That could be Kyrie. Up. That yeah. could be, you know, if the Nets if the Nets sign Kyrie, they'll renounce D'Angelo Russell, which I think is stupid. That's really stupid. But if they do I that, think... if they do that, then D'Angelo Russell could just go to the Knicks. Uh, Man, that would be a big boy move. Kemba Walker. <laughs> Could, uh, oh, I forgot about Walker, but didn't okay. How much do you believe that Walker is actually going to like? He's like, I want to stay here with the Hornets and build a team. Do you do you believe that, or do you think he's just like talking? If I guess we'll if the Hornets know. offer him a full max deal, yeah, I don't think there's any way he leaves because the only time you really see those max type guys leave a team willing to take a year less and all that money less yeah. to go to another team are those literal top echelon guys like yeah, LeBron and yeah, yeah. Durant. Like Kemba's not on that level. Kemba's really freaking good. Right. But no, he's I, like I he's I like it, yeah. top of like a level two free agent. Yeah. So I think I think if the Hornets offer him a full five year max that he's gonna take it. That'd be interesting. Alright, so the picks in for I guess technically the Lakers, but it really is going to uh, the Hawks via the Pelicans because of the Anthony Davis trade. Uh, yeah, it's yeah pretty mind bending, but yeah, that's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, so well they're in commercial right now, so we're just kind of waiting, and then the Cavs pick. Uh, so real quick, let let's talk about the poll. Yeah. Uh, do you have the results, Jordan? Oh, shoot, I don't know. Sorry. Um, I know, I know, just by looking at it, I don't know what it ended up is, but let me late in the it. afternoon, it was opposite like a lot of our polls are yeah uh a lot of people don't care about the nba draft on facebook and a lot of people do on twitter again i think that's reflective of the age group and the demographics yeah yeah absolutely so oh yeah we got some we got some decent decent uh, traction from the nba draft is almost made for twitter also just with the way it works yeah oh absolutely just like the nba is made for twitter (laughs) yeah right you can only write so many characters in such time and it's yeah it's quick it's instant all right i'm pulling up facebook right now and i already have twitter and then we'll we'll get into that we'll get into it yeah, I, it, it was it was pretty staggering too, like the uh, the difference between yes yeah, and no and the, so, and the two. All right, I'm ready. We'll right, start with Facebook. So according to Facebook, uh, 23% said yes, they're excited about it. 77% said no. Um, I'm gonna do something real quick. So of the no's, a lot of them are actually Cleveland fans. I'm not gonna call anybody out, but that's interesting. Because Cleveland actually has a legitimate pick. Like, number five picks have yeah. historically been right. solid players. Uh, according to Twitter... Um, I think I think because the Cavs have won the NBA lottery yeah, I, so much, yeah. that just the simple fact that oh, they don't have the number one and, pick, it's just like, oh, okay, he, well, I don't Okay, care. so another theory I have, the Cavs won a title. People love that. People enjoyed that. Yeah. But they've since obviously dropped off. 
and everyone's so hyped about the Browns right now. Yeah. And even the Indians are starting to show improvement right now. So I really think people just don't care about the Cavs right now. It may take several years for that cycle right. to, to really undo itself. Oh, right when, right. when you've been to the finals four years in a row, right. you know, just getting around talking about the draft just doesn't just doesn't seem all right. that interesting. <laughs> all right. So right. I mean, imagine if the Browns won the Super Bowl four years in a row. Nobody would care about the draft. All right. So we have for Twitter, <laughs> right? Would, if they won, I don't think they'd care about any. There'd other be team. no more Cleveland if, if would, the Browns went to the Super Bowl. It would be destroyed. Yeah. Well, I'd, only if they won it once. No, no. I, <laughs> I'd say more so if they didn't, because I think the, I think people would burn the city to the ground if the Browns went to the Super Bowl four straight years and never won like Buffalo. Like the Bills. Oh God. Oh my God. Right. And then Twitter, eighty percent said yes. DeAndre Hunter. There it is. So DeAndre Hunter's going to end up going to the Hawks. Okay. For people who are watching the draft right now and be like, why? Why the hell does it say Lakers? The Lakers originally had the draft pick. They traded it to New Orleans as part of the that deal, that uh, the Anthony deal. Davis trade. And then an hour before, the Pelicans traded that pick to Atlanta. So uh, technically, and, and you know what's funny is DeAndre Hunter is going to walk up on the stage with a Lakers hat on. That's weird. That's so yeah. weird. And he knows all this, too. Oh, yeah, course, he knows. So. Yeah, his agent's sitting right there with him. Yeah. Summing up the first 20 minutes of the NBA draft, Four really talented players going to four really unattractive teams. Yeah. That girl who handed him the hat looked so sheepish when <laughs> she did it. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, so, uh, oh, you, you retweeted it. The Onion tweet about the Knicks yeah, front office that scrambling. Really That's hilarious. <laughs> that was really So funny. The Onion, which is a... Uh, what do you, what would you satirical. call it? Satirical, yeah, satirical. Uh, satirical sports network. Well, also their sports network. Actual fake news. Yeah. Uh, says the Knicks front office scrambling after Zion Williamson drafted before third pick. <laughs> <laughs> as if, as if like so they've great. literally been asleep and don't know who anybody is. That is so funny. <laughs> so the Cavs, the Cavs are up next. All right. So, of who's left, who do we think that the Cavs are going to draft? Uh, I know Jarrett Culver. Jarrett Culver? Jordan? I don't know enough, man, I'll be honest. Um, I see a rumor, though, that they want to get Dar- Darius Garland. That's my guy. That's what Waj is saying. That's my guy. Did you Did you hear? No, so I'm not looking. Thanks. Oh, I forgot. I'm, I'm sorry. You really just ruined everything. That doesn't mean it's going to happen. So, uh, yeah, it's that's my guy. That That's the guy who's gotten, like, Damian Lillard comps. And if that's the case and the Cavs can have a backcourt of uh, Colin Sexton and Darius Garland, that's that's really going to be fun to watch. I mean, mm. that's that's that that's I mean, obviously their playing styles are different, but that's pretty similar to uh, what Portland has with Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, which is essentially like the best backcourt in the NBA outside of Curry and Thompson at Golden State. So look at that. He's wearing a Lakers hat. It's hilarious. That's so weird. Chauncey Phillips was just asked who to compare uh, DeAndre Hunter to, and he said Jay Crowder. Obviously, he oh. doesn't think he's going to be very good. Oh. <laughs> well, Chauncey Phillips is right, which I don't really know whether he'd be right or not. But if he's right, I'm glad that Atlanta dra- jumped ahead of the Cavs to take him. Wait, say that again. I'm sorry. Chauncey Jay- Billups compared DeAndre Hunter to Jay Crowder. That's a weird comparison. I mean, if you're if you're picking yeah. if you're picking in the beginning of the second round, that's a fine comparison. Right, right. If you're right. picking fourth, uh, no. 
Yeah, no, no, definitely not. So the Cavs have not yet Three made a selection. Three to the Cavs pick. Pick is not in yet, although I, I suspect that that's going to change soon. So if it is Darius, so, yeah, it would have to come down to Darius Garland or Jared Culver. That, that's probably that's the two guys, probably. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, Rui Hachimura. Here's Woj. ...has been engaged with a number of teams about possibly moving out of this fifth spot, uh, but it's increasing looking like they'll stay here, and, and player they've targeted is another guard, Darius Garland from Vanderbilt. That's my guy. With new coach John Beeline, they imagine kind of a East Coast, Eastern Conference version of Lillard and McCollum. Now, the, the Collins... Oh, God, I would love that. Uh, Garland would have to go a long way uh, to, to, be, to be compared to those two And he knew he was a smart cookie. The, he went Beeline to Vanderbilt. System in, they imagine two That's right. handling guards who can pass, shoot, and right What's now, the, Cleveland is... That's a Stanford of the East. Darius Garland. Or the Southeast. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Garland, you got it. All right, so that was Woj. I, I don't even know if you guys can hear that, but uh, that was Woj talking about it. So uh, we'll see. Cavs pick. They still have not. They could be trying to trade this pick. And I got about a, about 90 seconds left on the clock here. They have not made the choice yet. So Jay Billis actually has Kobe White, the point guard from North Carolina, ranked ahead of Darius Garland. I remember Reddish a bit. Cam Reddish, yeah. Mm-hmm. Kobe White, Darius Garland, Jarrett Culver, Cam Reddish, and Nasir Little, the top five on the board right now, according to Jay Billis. Yeah, so we're just we're just waiting. Again, we apologize. This is kind of similar to what we did last year with the Browns draft where we kind of had some, like, dead air. We were just waiting. So we appreciate you guys listening. Pick is in. Pick is in for the Cavs. Let's do it. All right. So we'll see. I have not looked at my phone. Jordan probably already spoiled it. No, I won't say anything. I haven't seen anything. But you already did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Well, you well, you also just heard Waj talk. Twitter feed. Waj just talked. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't say anything. Waj just spoke. Everybody heard it. It was a Woj bomb. Mm. Come on, there he is. There's Garland. All right, let's unmute it now. It's my boy. Well, the commissioner hasn't come to the oh stage right. yet. All right, there's Garland. Interesting uh, piece of fashion he's wearing. Indeed, almost going with, like, the prophet-style robe thing. Come on. Make the pick. We're just waiting for Commissioner Silver to appear. So as the pick is in, up on the stage. You know, I should have played this. Alright, here we go. With the fifth pick in the 2019 NBA draft, the Cleveland Cavaliers select Darius Garland from Vanderbilt. There it is, that's my guy. In those five games. That is my guy. So the Cavs got Darius Garland. It's a guard-driven league nowadays. Yeah. Cavs are getting with the times here. Yeah, so so we'll see what happens. Garland only played five games uh, in in uh, college basketball this year. He actually tore his meniscus and was out oh. for uh, pretty much the whole year. Says he's completely healthy now. Uh, that happened back in, I'm guessing, 
November since he only played five games. The fact that he had a torn meniscus and came back, you know, in under four months' time was pretty impressive. Well, he did. Have... Well, he didn't come back. Oh. He played five games and got hurt. At the beginning. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a really interesting wardrobe choice. Um, He's literally not even wearing a suit. I kind of like it, though. It's Full disclosure, cool. that is the exact knee injury I had in 2016, and yeah. I can say that my knee is will never be the same again. Yeah. Um, I, I'm hoping that whatever happened to him relative to what happened to me is, is not as severe. So that uh, he, he's, he's regarded as the best shooter in the draft. Uh, he's a guy that can get his own shot. Uh, obviously, I would hope so as a point guard. Uh, so, you know, we'll see. He's he's regarded as an elite ball handler as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I like it. That's my guy. Uh, so you're happy. Is it? I'm, yeah, it I'm sounds happy. like this is of all the other guys. If we, that if were we couldn't get into the, if we couldn't, to me, if we couldn't get into the top three, see, there, Chauncey Billups Damian, has him uh, compared to Damian Lillard. I mean, if that's true, then the Cavs just the Cavs absolutely hit a home run. That I mean, a hundred percent. I mean, Damian Lillard's a top top five point guard in the league. Yeah, absolutely. Um. So. Yeah, I mean, like you said, Steve, it's a guard driven league. So the, Cav- the Cavs now have two guys who are lightning quick and beat you off the dribble. Uh, as much as Colin Sexton got crap for his outside shot, he shot forty percent from three in his rookie year. That's really freaking good. I don't right? know why he got so much uh, negative press for his shooting. Well, there honestly. was okay. So the beginning of his first year, there was some weird things. Oh, with he was stats. Oh, he was terrible. So, so yeah, he was shooting that, but he was also doing other things that were really bad. You know how they do those like what's the what's the phrase um, plus minus and all that yeah. kind of stuff. like there was some things with those weird stats that he was he was really bad like exceptionally bad the Cavs that had good plus minus last <laughs> no yeah but no but he he the weird the crazy thing is he he cleaned oh, that turn up. it around yeah the by second the half of the, of the season was very good by the end of the season he was like yeah. a legitimate like whoa like that guy's actually pretty good yeah yeah for sure so um yeah so we're now uh through the Cavs pick uh, Garland's getting interviewed right now, which we're not going to Wait, the Suns That's... aren't actually picking, though, right? Isn't it Minnesota? It's one of those yeah. deals, yep. Yeah. Another, another. So, the Phoenix is actually picking for uh, right. Minnesota. But it's Minnesota making the call, obviously. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. They basically told Phoenix uh, who to draft. Here, here's who you draft. So, this is why uh, this is why it's interesting, is I've, I, I heard the whole time that Minnesota really loved Darius Garland. So, I found it really weird that they traded up to six knowing that the Cavs very mm. may very well take him maybe they know something maybe the so Cavs maybe told maybe him, well said that they were going to take they weren't going to take him and then they nah, did I I doubt I mean I doubt that I I think it maybe they like Kobe White from North Carolina as well who's also a point guard and they're like okay we'll take whoever the Cavs don't take which to me as a as a basketball fan would piss me off if I was a Minnesota fan because you're letting somebody else dictate who you take but that's neither here nor there. I don't have to worry about the Timberwolves. So, all right. Uh, since the Cavs drafted and they're not back on the clock for a bunch of picks, let's kind of go. Let's do the uh, go top through. Five. Yeah, let's go through yeah. our stuff here. Uh, top five this week. Uh, since it's the NBA draft, uh, we're gonna do our top five biggest NBA draft busts of all time. Uh, so who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay. All right. 
For me, number five. This is this is a very personal, specific pick. So a lot of people might not know who he is. Royce Young. Um, he was drafted, I believe, 16th or 15th, and he was a rocket for a bit, and he was terrible. He, <laughs> I don't mean this to make fun of him because he clearly has a mental problem, but he refused to go on planes, so they had to get him a special yep. bus or something and bus him around to games. The only problem is like it almost was impossible in certain situations based off of distances and it just wouldn't work and then he was also terrible like he wasn't very good um complete waste of a pick uh, again i don't mean this in any offensive terms to him because he clearly has some sort of a mental problem and wasn't it like the 15th pick though yeah but still like it's just a waste of a pick i mean that could still be a solid pick uh, again this is more so because it was a big thing in houston media and yeah. i just remember it being super annoying yeah. Uh, so that's very much a personal pick. I'm sure there's a lot worse picks than him. Uh, number four for me is Adam Morrison. I choose I chose him because I, he was drafted third overall, and he was so good in college. Oh, he was amazing. I was convinced he would at least be like a solid role player, and he just could. He didn't do anything. Like he couldn't do anything on any NBA team. He did yeah. not know how to play NBA basketball. Um. I actually read an article about him recently, and apparently he's doing pretty good. And he like runs a farm or something, and like has a a kid, and like he's doing good overall. So I was truly happy to hear that because I loved watching him play basketball. Oh, I'm sure he, you know, I'm sure he, um, he's fine living on the twenty million dollars he made exactly, in the NBA. Exactly right. So number three is Kwame Brown. Uh, I don't know how much worse you could get as a number one pick. Steve, I mean, <laughs> what are your thoughts on Kwame Brown? Uh, he was about one of the most forgettable players you could ever imagine. Um, but he was Michael Jordan's number one pick. Well, there you go. I mean, well, Michael I mean, Jordan's been Michael Jordan has, so. is clearly a yeah. great... Uh, I was going to say, yeah, that's not really... <laughs> that doesn't say much. Yep. Uh, number two is Anthony Bennett. I'm sorry to do this to you guys. But if you look at some of the players that came in that draft, oh my gosh, the Cavs could have been the Warriors, basically the super team of super teams. Um, it is what it is. Who would have, you know? It just is. It, ha- it happens. Um, number one for me is Darko Milicic. If anyone remembers this, oh. so you guys, the reason why I picked this is because I grew when, when they when. When the Pistons picked him, I was in in Detroit. That's when I lived in Detroit. Yeah. And it was a big deal. Like, mm-hmm. they got the number one pick, blah, blah, blah. This was the same draft where um, it LeBron. was uh, LeBron, Mello, Carmelo Anthony. D-Wade. D- yep. Chris Bosh. Yep. You named oh, yeah. three of, like, one of the best drafts some ever. of the best players. Jared Culver goes oh, six. for six. Yeah. So, you, wow. Man, I, they they smokescreened everybody because yeah. they were reportedly going after a point guard. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Jared Culver is more of a uh, well, they say shooting guard. Yeah, he's he's more of a wing wing defender who's developing a, a pretty good jump shot. Yeah, um, but anyway, <laughs> so that and here's the interesting things about this is why I picked him as number one. The Pistons were a phenomenal team at that era. If you remember, they were one of the best teams of, in that era, and they mm-hmm. beat a LA Super team to win the title and took one of the best Spurs teams ever to seven games. Uh, arguably losing because Rashid Wallace lost his man in Game Five, and uh, Robert Ory hit a dagger. Um, it's what Big Shot Bob does. That's right. He did that with Houston, and he did that with every team he played yeah, for. Right. Uh, anyway, won the Lakers a championship. Yep. 
And uh, so I picked Darko because Darko was one of the most worthless and useless and terrible number one draft picks I've Did ever Darko seen. Did Darko even play in those he, finals? He, he, I believe one of the games was a blowout, and I cool. think, I think he may have played garbage time. I'm not 100% what positive. What was going Jordan, through? Do you know his nickname from when um, he was in Detroit? I don't remember. Probably. I had a roommate in college who was from Michigan, and he, he knew it very well. The human victory cigar. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um, anyways, so if you think of how powerful that Pistons team could have been with that core, drafting LeBron, Carmelo. Well, they, um, they couldn't have drafted LeBron. Oh, that's right. Not LeBron. LeBron uh, went one. No, because he. I, I forgot. Pistons had the second. 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 My bad. I switched that up. Yeah. But they could have drafted Carmelo, yeah. Wade, Bosch. I mean, all oh, these yeah. guys. Like, do you realize how powerful that Pistons team could have? They could have been yeah. like. They could have literally, all obviously altered NBA right. history. The Spurs might not have won as many titles as they yeah. Won. Like literally. I think, and I'm not trying to justify this because this this it's not on my list, but it it really is one of the biggest draft busts of all time was the Pistons thought, hey, we have a really good team right, right now that has really good chemistry. Let's draft somebody who we think's going to be really good mm-hmm. that we can develop, and then maybe after this runs over, he can develop into a special player for us. Right. I'm not justifying it because no, it no, was a terrible there's, pick. There's no justification, but uh, especially when you had Carmelo, who everyone at the time was like, oh, oh this yeah. guy's legit. Just I mean, led Syracuse the national championship. He, he was phenomenal. I remember watching yeah. him in, in college and thinking, like, me and my dad are like, yeah, this guy's going to be good. Oh, yeah. And say what you want about Carmelo. Had he been on the right team, it could have worked out better for him. And, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, he's, he's one of the most gifted offensive players yep, ever. And he was always on some iffy teams. But had he landed on that Pistons team. He wasn't always a great teammate. I, also true. But, but come on. It would have been better than Darko. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, also, fun well, fact. Carmel, um, if Carmelo, if you got him into like the Pistons culture of that era, yeah. maybe maybe he develops a different so attitude. Exactly. could have ended up differently. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Also, fun fact, I looked up Darko recently. He owns a farm in Serbia or wherever he's from, and he's like a farmer. He's a straight-up farmer. Apparently, like, all NBA guys who bust out uh, run farms. Uh, <laughs> and he says he's doing well, and he's he's enjoying his life. So. Oh, that's I'm cool. pretty Good sure friend. he owns plenty of donkeys. Hey-oh. Hey. I don't know what that... Okay. <laughs> is Serbia near Albania? Uh, well, Kosovo is right in between. We oh, won't okay. talk about that on this podcast. I could be wrong. He might not be from Serbia. So no, I he apologize. is from Serbia. No, okay, he is. He is. Yeah, Darko's Serbian. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. Okay. All right. I'm done. <laughs> okay. Go ahead, Steve. Okay, so uh, at number five for me, I have Michael Olawa Candy. Number one pick from 1998. Classic. Didn't okay. Amount to very much, even okay. though he somehow stuck around the league for eight years. He was a horrific player. Yeah. Like really bad. Yeah, that kind of embodied the Clippers. The only reason why I think era. he hung around the league is because he was just so big. Mm-hmm. Very possible. At number four, uh, this one was on the Cavaliers. Uh, Anthony Bennett. Oh, oh God. God. The 2013 draft might have been the worst draft in NBA history in terms of total talent. Um, I almost didn't feel right putting Bennett on this list just because I, somebody had to be taken number one. Right. But, but, you know, he washed out of the league within three or four years. I mean, that's just – I don't think any number one pick has been out as quickly as him. <laughs> Anyway, number three, uh, I had Darko Milicic, number three. Right, uh, he's so bad. We've discussed him quite at length. 
number two, Sam Bowie. Sam Bowie. Yep. Ignominious. Very, very, very similar to uh, Darko in the fact that he went second behind uh, a great player. And then, obviously, we know who he went in front of. Yeah. The greatest player of all time. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. That, it, it didn't, I mean, it really didn't matter. You know, he was, Houston really is kind of lucky because the, that Hakeem Olajuwon became as great as he was. Yeah. You know, because otherwise they'd be looking oh, at, gosh. at them having passed on Jordan. Can you imagine too. it? But, I mean, could you imagine if they took Sam Bowie? Oh, so oh, the Rockets. Oh, Rockets they, well, they would never would have won a title. Never would have. Yeah, no exactly. way. No, no yeah. championship in '94, '95. Nope. Nope. That's for sure. Nope. And the and Jordan Jordan will probably debate me with this, but the only reason why they have two championships because Michael Jordan took two years off. It's, argu- it's arguable. Allegedly but, to play baseball. It's arguable, <clears throat> but you, I mean, nobody knows that for sure. Right. But they have the title because so. teams beat him in the playoffs as well. People always forget that. Sometimes you got to get lucky. I mean. Raptors aren't NBA champions right now if Kevin Durant yeah. doesn't tear up his Achilles oh, and, sure. and Clay Thompson doesn't tear up his ACL. Right. And it sure. doesn't matter because Full there was because where are all these other teams that also should have won championships against Bulls took the, Kobe White. Cavs would have gone Carolina. back to back. They would have won in 2015 had they not lost Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love. Yeah. They were up 2-1 oh, yeah. in that series even without him. Yeah. But uh, everything, I mean. Uh, but see, it's all, see, that's all hearsay. Like, you can't no, I, I, don't, so, I don't care. So, you know, everything, everything. I don't know. Everything's relatable though because I feel like if the Cavs won the championship in 2015, would they have been that hungry to win it in 26? Would they have had the same desperation that they right. had in 2016? They could have. They could have lost 2016. It, it, yeah. So yeah. Who knows? I I I, I I I I do agree with your premise. Now if the Warriors win 2016, does Kevin Durant end up on the Warriors? No. No, <laughs> it could change the entire course. Yeah, but of you also don't know that out. for you don't know that for a fact because they could have gotten another <laughs> big free agent, and they were already competitive with the Cavs. I mean, oh right, no, I they, know they could have gone either way. We don't know. A lot, but I, I don't. Know a lot I don't of think, us, a lot don't. of us say that, and I think I agree with that. But that Warriors team still could have won the title even without Kevin Durant. Oh yeah, interesting how we segued all the way over there. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway, Sam Bowie was number two, and then number one. This is like not even debatable in my my eyes. Len Bias, how do you get drafted top two and then you're dead two days later from a drug overdose? Oh my oh god! god. I mean that's oh, oh my, I forgot about that. Oh, that was in the nineties. Mike right? drop. Wow, that's just so sad. Yeah. Oh my was, goodness. See, I, I didn't even. That I, was actually, okay, no, so that was I the thought year about the Cavs actually took Brad Doherty number right. one. I thought about that. But I just thought that was too tragic and well. Thank, weird thankfully, about. the Cavs took Brad Doherty one. Yeah. So I, I think I think what we're learning is in a lot of these uh, draft busts, uh, the teams who are picking number one generally usually got it right. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, I you know, with 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 uh, with the Sam Bowie one, obviously, if you're Houston, you're looking back, you take Michael Jordan over Hakeem Olajuwon, but. They won two titles with Hakeem But Olajuwon. to complain about two titles, I mean, there's some right. teams that don't right. have that. Right. I, I can live with that. You know? No, right. Certainly yeah. livable. But I'm oh, saying, wow, like, but I'm saying, like, if, if you're if you're living in hindsight right. and you're looking right. back, like, right. obviously you're going to take the greatest player want, of all time. Do you, want, uh, are, do you want probably six titles, <laughs> yeah. or do you want two? Yeah. Right. No, I, I agree. Um, so anyway, all right. Now, so how, real quick, how annoying would I be if? Michael Jordan was a Houston Rocket. No, this podcast wouldn't be. I thing. would probably be the most annoying human being on the planet. Yeah. 
All right, go on. I'd be much more happy when Houston loses than I am now. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Imagine if Mexico had won the 2018 World Cup. Wait, that what? Would be oh, that I, I mean, I mean, he would he would talk he would talk crap all the time about that, but that wouldn't bother me nearly. As I much think as, a lot of people would like if Mexico would win the World Cup. It'd be something different than all these you know European teams. Well, got people who are not Americans. People who are calf, baby. <laughs> yeah, people right. who are true diehard like American yeah, outlaw American, fans would, would be, rather die would than no, than yeah. root for Mexico. <laughs> I always forget that I'm a weird exception because. Well, yeah, of, you like both. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, right. I but don't. I mean, you're a Mexican. That's why I, that's you're a Mexican American. That's why I'm not a, a a member of Pancho Villa's army or Outlaws because I don't. Yeah. I can't, in good faith, do that. Right. All right. So again, we're we're just uh, somehow we start talking about soccer. <laughs> this is the uh, this is the uh, random edition. Yeah. Of Living All right. Island. So uh, real quick, I'll go through my top five since uh, a lot of them are on here. I cannot believe. One, that you guys both left off one, and I'll get to it. You saw I it. I think I know which one you're talking about. All right, so number five, I have Kwame Brown, which Jordan mentioned. Yeah. Uh, you know, it goes without saying. Jordan already talked about it. Number four, Steve said, Michael Ola Candy. That guy came in with so much fanfare. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, he's uh, can't miss, blah, 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 blah. And he was terrible. This is the one. I cannot yeah, believe no, neither I, of you I guys debated, I mentioned it. this. I cannot believe it. Greg Oden. I debated it. The guy that was picked ahead of Kevin Durant <clears throat> and so I, literally never had a, not even a decent season. And a lot of it could be say because, you well, know, he was devastated by injury. That's why. That's why I didn't put him on there. Yeah, and I, but, I, I know it still counts, but. But he was why. also taken right. Like, like if it was if it was Greg Oden, like the Anthony Bennett year where, like you said, somebody had to take somebody. No, he was drafted ahead of Kevin freaking Durant. Arguably yeah. the best player in the league right now. Yeah. I said arguably because I still think LeBron's the best, but anyway, I, 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 I'm flabbergasted. You know, that's the kind of pick that was, you know, one of the things that helped tr- usher in the, the transition in the NBA to the small ball, you know, shoot the three kind of a game. Kevin Durant, uh, stretch four. Stretch fours didn't really exist back then. Which is hilarious you because know. he's seven feet tall. <laughs> yeah, right. But, but, but he, he does. He plays like a guard. You know, I feel like now nowadays nobody would ever take a center over over a, a powerful stretch four. But oh, you're right, absolutely no, not. I mean, not the, clo- anymore, the closest no. thing. I mean, the closest thing you just saw it was Zion. Yeah. I mean, you know, Zion's the closest thing you're going to ever see to a post player getting drafted. He's not really yeah, a post but player. he's still so versatile. Right. Uh, all right. So that that was that was shocking to me. Uh, number two, I have him ahead of uh, Greg Oden just because it's a Cavs factor. It's Anthony Bennett. Yeah, what a giant! Excuse me, what a giant waste. And then number one, uh, we talked about it already. Uh, to me, this is number one, and to me, it's not even debatable. It's Sam Bowie, just because he was drafted ahead of the greatest basketball player who ever lived. Yeah, like there's yeah. I mean, like you said, with all of these, we're living in hindsight. But you go back and look at it, like. The and the weird thing is that the weird thing was that Jordan was already pretty much proven as a player too. Like yeah. I don't understand how you could look at yeah, Jordan. No, Jordan didn't come out of nowhere. I mean, like he had won a title right with yeah. North Carolina. Like yeah. I don't understand how you could look at that draft and be like, <coughs> "Nah, this guy." Like I I, I understand. And I think things. yeah, and I, I think I think the way Houston was thinking about it, the first pick was at the time the NBA was still a Giants Good. game. And yeah, yeah, like at that time you needed. Good big men to win. Well, in and that, Houston in that already NBA. had big men at the time right. too, and it was a. It, we had gone. People forget this. Houston had actually been to two finals. 
right. by that time. Right. They lost both to the Celtics, but they had been to two finals with the Twin Towers or whatever they call them. Yeah. Um, the OG Rockets team from the 80s. But uh, unfortunately, you know, they, they never won. So you can understand the mindset. It was a tradition. It's like, okay, well, we're a big man team. Like, let's add another one. And this guy looks pretty good, yeah. obviously. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it makes sense if you think about the context of it. But, yeah, I mean, who, who would have guessed that Jordan would have been that good? Like, oh right, that, that's a little hard to guess. Well, right, you can never you can never I mean, assume that a guy's going to be an at, all time great at six six. The ability to shoot and do that, obviously, a lot of good things going yeah. for him. Like, well, he he didn't no. ha- he didn't have the ability to shoot until later well, in his career. That's true. He but was just so much you just, more gifted athletically, right? And his his attitude, temperament, and his killer instinct was just second to like but ever. Who, but who would have known about that killer instinct? Oh, know? nobody really. I mean, it's it's real tough to know that kind of stuff. A yeah. lot of guys talk big shit or big. They talk a big game when they're like, you know, trying to get you know get themselves established. But not a lot of guys actually have that tenacity. Jackson hit your boy from Texas. Are you allowed to say that on this podcast? What do you say? Probably not. What do you say? I said the S word. Oh, well, I <laughs> we'll beep it out. I I, I played. <laughs> did you listen to it last week? <laughs> no. Oh, I told you to. I'll have to play it after. He played a clip that had like five F words in it. it no, like, it had one, but I no, it had one, but I kept replaying it on accident because I thought was. I was that's stopping was. it. Yeah, that's what it was. Uh, this is what here, hold on. This is what I played. Uh, where is it? Of course, I can't find it. Here it is. Except it had more words in there uh, than if that. You know, if you know that clip, there's a lot. Oh, Steve yeah. knows that clip. Yeah. <laughs> Steve knows that clip. Absolutely. Don't lie! I'm not going to lie. Oh, if, and we're if, doing it live. If you would have accidentally played the wrong one again, I would have died. No, I made I, the next day I made sure that I found the right one <laughs> that's, that's and put it, on our, uh, put it on our board there. So, um, yeah. All right, so those are our top fives. I think we pretty much... Uh, there was, pretty good, yeah, there was a pretty good gamut of uh, of all the worst busts. I mean, I'm sure we missed miss one or two, but oh, we definitely missed some. But you know, there's only so many. I mean, really, any anyone who doesn't stand out in the top five is a bust, in my opinion. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. You could argue for top ten, really. Sure. So there's tons more we missed, but oh, there's absolutely. only so much time we have. When right. This is um, not the NBA draft podcast, like yeah, it is today. Pretty well, much. today, but you know, um, yeah. So one other thing I wanted to touch on before we kind of wrap up uh, our NBA talk, uh, it's kind of for me, it's bittersweet just because just because I like the guy so much. I think J.R. Smith's getting traded tonight. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so, and the reason why I think he's getting traded tonight is. His contract right now is not guaranteed. It becomes guaranteed on July 1st. So oh. what that means is the Cavs are looking to get assets from a team that want to bring on JR's contract so that they can clear cap space or take uh, money off of their cap because until July 1st, they can just cut JR Smith and not it hmm. doesn't count against okay. their cap yeah. and they don't have to pay him because it's not guaranteed. If he's on, a, if he's on either the Cavs or any other team after July first, uh, his contract becomes guaranteed if he doesn't get cut. Hmm. Okay. So the Cavs are either going to trade him tonight, I I feel, or they're going to end up releasing him. 
So uh, depends on any, whether anybody wants him. Yeah. So I think that's what the. I ca- wonder. I wonder. I think if right has, now that's what the Cavs are doing. I wonder how much he has left in him, honestly. Right. Well, I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll tell you this. Uh, I fully expect J.R. Smith to be on the L.A. Lakers next year. Hmm. As a minimum. Yeah, just minimum guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's going to reunite with LeBron. I mean, th- they just need players. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And J- and Jr. You know, I, he's he's probably still decent enough to play 15 minutes. Yeah. In an NBA game. Yeah, if his shots on. Yeah. So. That'll be interesting. Yeah, I, I think I think Jr. is destined for L.A. Uh, with LeBron. So. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I, I thought that was interesting uh, to at least talk about because it's kind of like it's almost like I mean if we get rid of J.R. Smith, we still technically have Kevin Love, and that's pretty much it from the title. Well, Tristan Thompson, God, that's Tristan pretty Thompson. much it from the title team. Yeah. So it's it's it's, it's lit- I mean it already is because the Cavs were so brutally awful last year, and LeBron and yeah. Kyrie both left. But it's like the it's like the end of an era. And yesterday was the uh, yesterday was the three year anniversary of uh, the Cavs winning the title in 2016. Wow! I know each of us had uh, different experiences on that night. If you guys want to share, I know I know both of you were downtown. Yeah, Steve, you were actually in the arena at the watch party. Yes. So I I mean obviously obviously for you me like. For me, it means a lot, but for you, it me- means much more than than it, any of us. It was a day that I'll just never forget. Um, I mean, the game was just a, a white knuckler the entire way, other yeah. than a brief part of the second quarter where we fell behind by seven or eight. But uh, other than that, I mean, it, you know, play after play after play, and it was like a five-minute stretch toward the end of the game where neither team scored. Teams made amazing defensive plays, capped by that insane block by. James on Iguodala. Mm-hmm. Kyrie hits the shot, and I felt like still, prior to Kyrie hitting the shot, nobody was really convinced we were going to win the game, but James's block, like, you know, people were out of their seats. Everybody was standing at the watch party, yeah. and Kyrie hits the shot, and then when the Warriors didn't score the next time down the floor, that's real. when people started just like, I mean, yeah. the the noises that people were making were not normal noises. They, they right. were like high pitched. They were they were just like from the the bottom of your lungs kind of stuff. It yeah. was similar to when Rajay Davis hit the home run in Game Seven of the World Series to tie yeah. the game. And then, sure enough, LeBron goes to that monster jam on Green. But could what, I, could you could you imagine like the exclamation point that would have put on that finals if LeBron would have thrown that dunk down? Oh, the greatest dunk I know. In basketball. Oh, I know. Oh, that would have been pretty sweet. It's kind of the only the only downside to that yeah. finish. Yeah. Yeah. It was well because well because at the at the time we were all thinking like, oh my god, like is he gonna make like he, at that point he only needed to make one. But the way LeBron is with clutch free throws, like. Well, you're thinking like, is he even gonna make don't one? Don't forget, it looked like he broke his hand. He, he tumbled no, so I know, hard to the I floor. I know, but no, but in real time with emotions high, oh, yeah. you see him fall yeah. down like that. You watch the replay, and you're like, oh, yeah. he could have broke his hand. Yeah. So I it, know, I know, it was all theatrics, and in fact, yeah. in fact, I'm pretty sure he said that he did that to give everyone a breather. I'm yeah. pretty sure that's what I remember hearing. Could have been for sure. But um, but still, you know, in real time you're like, "Oh my goodness, he just broke his hand." And you're like, "This is bad." Cuz yeah. then I think the other team gets to choose who they want to shoot the free throws, if I remember, if that's how that rule works. There's some weird uh, rule where you're not guaranteed to have a good free throw shooter basically at the line. 
I know what rule you're talking about. I don't know if that that situation on an injury. I think it's. I think it's on yeah. a. I think it might be on a. On like a. F- technical sort of or flagrant weird, or something. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. on an injury, I. But but. If say LeBron was legitimately hurt and he didn't shoot those free throws, he couldn't come back in the game. That's right. Yeah. Because that's what happened with Clay yeah. Thompson this year in Game Six when he tore his ACL. He originally walked back. He didn't know he tore his ACL at that right. point. So yeah, probably they took him away. back. And then somebody from the bench, uh, assistant coach or something, ran into the tunnel and said, Clay, if you don't take these free throws, you can't come back in the game. Right. So then Clay comes back out, and everybody's like, oh, he's back. He's not hurt, right, whatever. Right. But he did he, it. He takes the free throws, and then he went right back into the tunnel, and he, he never did came it back out. He did just in case that he would Just be in okay. case, because yeah. he didn't know he tore his ACL right. at that and point. The adrenaline was probably so high. Yeah. And so, yeah, but with my experience, too, uh, obviously, I'm not a true Cavs fan, but right. I fully supported them in their title runs because I hate the Warriors. And I, yeah, my mom's do. a Cavs fan because she's from here. And I have no, I like LeBron, and I had no issues supporting the Cavs. The Cavs. Um, I was downtown. I had actually gone to about three other watch parties downtown just because I was so hyped for it. So game six was a really fun watch party too, uh, because that was they were in town, right outside yeah. where we were, or right inside where we were. Right. And it, man, when so I were you? you what, so for game six, were you in the plaza between the yeah. arena and the yep. ballpark? And the ballpark. So the vibes were real, yeah. real intense because it became pretty clear, pretty fast that the Cavs were going to win that game. Oh yeah. And it was a party. Atmosphere. So that yeah, that was more yeah. of a joyous moment. The, yeah, the party, that was the, pure. The, that was pure the, party. The party aspect of Game Seven didn't so, didn't happen until I was going to say. So you told your perspective, which is interesting. So all of Game Seven outside, yeah, was was like, uh, yeah, oh, oh yeah, yeah, like uh, I remember being at half. Cut the tension with a knife. I remember being at halftime. It was so quiet. I was like, this is weird. And like I turned to one guy and he he just shook his head. He he was like, "Yeah, it's not looking that good." Because I think they were down by like seven points at the time, and it just it just had that feel that something wasn't going very well. You know, nobody in Cleveland has positive attitude for the most part oh, for good reason. No, no, right. And I do remember though. So at one point in the third quarter, they like tied the game, and suddenly it was like, "Okay, game on." Like then yeah. then the mood the mood got a little better. People were like, "Okay, this is cool. We're at least we're competing. This is it. Like this is what everyone knew was going to happen, and it's happening." And it was still very tense though. And so at one point, people forget about this play. It was eighty nine to eighty six, if I remember correctly. At one point, midway through the fourth. LeBron hits a, a clutch three. Well, it's now a clutch three if you think about it. To tie the game at 89. Yes, yeah. this was about four. A lot left. of people forget about this play. Huge shot. Yeah. There was a little bit of relief because oh, we tied the game. Right. But then if you remember the next like three minutes were some of the scariest, most nobody intense, scored. Yeah. Most like stomach knots. Right. Basketball and, you've ever seen in your and life. And a lot of it was ugly. Really bad. Like, like you sides. saw, you saw Kyrie throw up, throw up shots that hit the yeah. backboard, didn't hit the rim. Steph Curry Steph was airballing well. threes. Right, right. Steph Curry. I mean, that for me, that he was when so poorly. In that that I, I point to that first and foremost when when people try to say that Steph Curry is one of the greatest players of all time. I I I I, I go to that and be like, I don't know how you can say that with how he played down the stretch of that game at home. Uh, he was turning the ball over. He at was airballing threes. Pass behind his back yeah. and went Careless. right out of bounds. Yeah. Game yeah. seven. Yeah. Like, well, and it shows the arrogance that the Warriors struggle with a lot right, of times, right, and they still right. did in this series too. And, and yeah, and absolutely. So, but it. So I'll tell you when the crowd suddenly started believing. 
it was when the block happened. Yeah. You described it was a little later, and that, that might be a difference between the crowds, but the outside crowd, as soon as the block hit, it was like I, it was like suddenly your parents came home, or, or you know, you've been wanting to hang out with your friends uh, that night, but they didn't say yes or no, and then finally dad's like, okay, yeah, go call them up, you can't. Like yeah. that weird euphoria you get. Like that's yeah. what it was. Like everyone's like, ah, ah, like whoa. Like because that was so weird. That was so abnormal to see a – a block like that because if you and we all saw it in real time we saw where lebron was we were like oh. we we're like shoot like he's he's about to score a two-pointer like we're yeah. you know he's gonna get he's gonna get a, a bucket and we're gonna be down two now a fu- and a funny anecdote about that play mm-hmm. was uh lebron doesn't block that shot if jr doesn't challenge he him doesn't, first right. and because if he, he has a free run at the basket iguodala dunks that he doesn't try and lay it up and wow did jr challenge that properly because right. a if few inches foul. lower and that's an, an instant yeah, foul absolutely and honestly good on the refs for 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 seeing that and not blowing cam it. reddish to the hawks oh, he goes to the hawks but anyway, so then the crowd really goes crazy when Kyrie hits that shot. Oh, gosh. And the funny thing is the amount of what and no's I heard when he released that. Because everyone's like, why would you shoot that? And honestly, looking back, why would you shoot that shot? Well, but right. it's because, you know, we now know he was locked in and it was yeah. a mode and it was a mood and all that. But Well, that, that was, I mean, that... That was literally what they wanted, right? Well, because yeah, if you watch yeah, that, if true. you watch that that's play, true. Clay Thompson was on Kyrie when he was bringing the ball up. Right. Jr. makes well, the, they switched it. Yeah, yeah Jr. makes the uh, well, makes I, the screen. I don't and they get I don't, Curry on him, but I don't know if this is what I was thinking. I was expecting him to drive on Curry. Yeah. I was not expecting him to pull up. At but I that think, point. but I think at that point, <coughs> Curry uh, expected that too. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. Well, I I think honestly, if you want my opinion, I think that's what the Warriors wanted because the Warriors wanted to collapse down on Kyrie. And make him kick it out and have somebody else make the shot because if you remember, LeBron was totally gassed at that point. Oh, I don't yeah. even know if he'd be able to get a shot up. Right, it, right. If you if you go back and watch in that timeout, LeBron gets Ty Lue's attention and tells him, "Put the ball in Kyrie's hands because he's I don't gassed." That, but I believe that. Yeah. If you go back and look, you can you can see that that whole four minute stretch where the Cavs didn't score, yeah. whether it was LeBron, whether it was Kevin Love, nobody, could whoever score. it was. That not only they not scoring every single shot they took. If you watch the video, they're yeah. all front rims. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's like, that which is oh, an everybody was that's gassed. an indication. I mean, front rims are an indication of exhaustion. Oh yeah. And so anyway, you don't have your legs in the anymore. watch party outside. That shot goes in. Everyone goes crazy. And you know what? They went crazy from then on. It was a party. Yeah. And 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 the best part was in the final shot attempts when they were down by four. Everyone starts celebrating early, and I was like, whoa, a little early, guys. But then I realized it doesn't matter if they hit a three because they're up by four. Right. So it was such a – I mean, it was <laughs> – I've, I've never experienced anything like that in my life. That was one of the reasons why I wanted to go that night because yeah. I just wanted to see what it was like. The energy, the emotion, the amount of people crying, like the crowds. The, it would, But it, it was just – it was so crazy. I've never yeah. seen anything like that before, and it was – one of the coolest moments I've experienced in my life, just because, wow, that much positive energy was something to see. Yeah. Um, for, for me, I, I was going to go downtown, and then a few hours before the game, uh, my dad texted me and my brothers, and he asked us if we would come watch the game with him. And Which so, that's like, hard to I was say like, no yeah, to. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. I'm gonna, I want to watch, you know, watch the game with my dad if he asked me to, to watch him. Yeah. So me and my brothers went over to my parents' house, and uh, – me, me and my dad almost got into a fight. <laughs> what happened? Uh, at, so at halftime, the Cavs were down by yeah. like seven, and they only scored forty-two points. And my yeah. dad, my dad was born 
the year Cleveland had last won a championship. Right. My dad had never seen a championship. He'd only seen yeah. heartbreak. So he's like, he's like, I know how this ends. Like you guys can yell at me all you want, but I, this is all I've seen. I know how this yeah. ends. And I was like, Dad, stop! Quit it with the negativity. Like, but <laughs> like I was literally yelling at him. Like, yeah. like I'm gonna leave. But at that point, I did the same thing to your dad in 2013 when Miami had that miracle comeback against the Spurs. I, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, but anyway, um, so I, at that point, I'm like, I'm gonna leave and I'm gonna go downtown. But at that point, downtown was it was a mess. It, yeah. well, it was literally, <laughs> literally, it. they closed. They closed yeah. all the highways. Yeah, they, didn't, they, they weren't shut, letting anybody. They, well, they shut down all the exits. Too, yeah, they, like. they weren't letting anybody in or out. Yeah, really. Um, so Jr. comes out right after halftime and hits those shots, and the Cavs end up taking the lead like early in the third quarter. That's what I mean. Yeah, that, that was what and I was I, talking about. When <laughs> I I got, so, yeah. And I turned around because I stood the whole game. I couldn't sit down. Yeah. And I turned around and yelled at my dad like, "See, sit down and watch the game. Don't say a word." So then you know the rest <laughs> of the second half was just back and forth, back right, and forth, right. back and forth. And then uh, the block happens, and I was still like, okay, well, the game is tied. So right, so it doesn't mean yet. Anything, mean. anything can happen. And then, But then Kyrie hits the shot, and I just like put my hands like on top of my head. I'm like, oh, my God, this is actually going to happen. Yeah. This is actually good. And then, and then Kevin Love plays that, like, for Kevin Love, plays that insane defense on yeah. Curry. Yeah. Forces him into a bad three. For Curry, a bad three even. Because he, like, shot it off of one leg. Like, yeah, it was, side. like, a weird, like, weird. Well, okay, but how many times have we seen him make that three, Oh, of though? course. But how many times have we seen him make that with the game on the line? True. Yeah. Not many times Not. In, the, in the finals. Yeah. Um, but we didn't know it at that point. Uh, so uh, LeBron goes for that dunk, gets fouled, makes the one free throw. We're up four. And in my mind, in my mind, I'm like, we just won the NBA championship. But mm-hmm. on the outside, I'm not I'm not reacting because I'm numb. Right, yeah, I don't know right, what I'm doing. Right. Like so, I'm I'm still assuming that there's a way the Cavs can blow this, which statistically was almost impossible. So we win the championship, and you know my mom's jumping up and down, yelling. My dad is like, my dad is like sitting there, like in shock. Like yeah, he's just yeah. sitting there on the couch, and my brothers are jumping up and down. I left the room because I started crying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I literally just I, I went and I uh like got on my knees on the stairs like in the foyer of the house and was just like crying like a little little baby. Like I was literally weeping. <laughs> and after a couple minutes I was able to like compose myself enough and then my dad was still just like sitting there on the couch, like blank face. Like he, he literally I mean he's never seen a pro sports championship before. He didn't know how to react, so he was just sitting there blank faced. And then me and my brothers are like, screw this, man. We got to be happy about this. So yeah. we, just, we literally just jumped and dogpiled on my dad on, on, on the couch. It was actually this couch. Oh, nice. Uh, I didn't know. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Yeah. So that was uh, that was something I'll never forget. And then we ended up taking shots after because my dad's like, yes. nobody's going home. We're partying. So we ended up taking shots of Fireball. That's, that's great. <sighs> how, long, how long were you guys, uh, how long were you guys uh, partying that night? Uh, well, I didn't, I mean, I ended up coming, I didn't like get drunk or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I ended up driving home because it was Sunday night. We had to work the next day. I didn't take the day off of work the next day because I was like, well, if they lose, like, I'm not just going to sit at home, but like sulk, like I'm just going to go to work and try not to think about it. So I didn't take the day off of work. So I had to go home and go to sleep. Oh, nice. Okay. But I didn't sleep. (laughs) I went home and I just 
watched uh, watched you know coverage of it. So, um, yeah, that was a little impromptu. We didn't really plan to talk about that, but I thought since yesterday uh, was the third anniversary, we might as well. And plus, Steve being here and yeah, the Cavs winning that championship being so important to him, not only him but his family. I mean, his mom. Oh, she works. Yeah. I'll just finish this off by saying when when the clock hit triple zeros, and the the whole place just goes crazy, and the the flame swords, you know, do their thing on the scoreboard and everything, and it's just deafening noise. But yet, I could hear just immediately to my left the sound of tears. Yeah. And I look down, and and my dad and I and and my brother are all jumping up and down and everything my mother is between us and she is just down almost in the fetal position sitting down and she is crying and i i realized at that moment just how much more it even meant to her 29 years oh god working yeah. Yeah. for the cleveland cavaliers in a whole bunch of different jobs most recently and most notably in in corporate sales she had more invested in this than, than really anybody in the city, and, and she's somebody who you know doesn't follow sports as much as we do. Does you know half the time doesn't even care if they win or lose. Yeah. And yet, what that meant in that moment was that now she and everybody else in the organization had reached the top of their profession, and she was yeah. in the ring just like yeah. everybody else. And that to see her in that moment, what it meant to her is just. I, I mean, I can't even. I can't even put it into words, really. I mean, yeah. like, like, I can only hope that, uh, you know, someday, you know, something, you know, when, when you're talking about work, whether you're talking about things you love, to, to hit, for it to be combined like that and for you to, to reach the pinnacle is, it's something else. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'll, uh, I'll never forget the video that, that Matthew took of that and put it on Facebook. And I'll yeah. never forget him yelling, we did it! We effing did it! <laughs> yeah! It, amazing, amazing. And then to see like your whole family just like embrace each other, and that was awesome. It was awesome to see that. It, it's amazing how sports like that, in a good way, can bring people together. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. But um, 1.3 million people turned out for the parade, and I swear, some people have said, "Well, is that a you know, an exaggerated I mean, figure. I don't know. How, how do you? No, how, it's not. It was the I, entirety of Cuyahoga County. It yeah, literally I mean, was. I don't know how you quantify that. How the heck they could know exactly how many people were there? You can't. I mean, you it's can almost estimate. Possible, yeah. yeah. I will say. I will say this. It definitely was at least that many people. Yeah. Yeah. Minimum. I mean, the streets. I mean, the the parade started uh, on. Started out by the arena. Yeah, wrapped around the arena. Went over to East 9th Street and then down to Lakeside, all the way. I think the Lakeside Avenue and then all the way the down East 9th. Yeah, and it was just full of people. And then there was all those people on the mall. Yeah, it was crazy. It took them like six hours to get there because of the street they didn't put barriers or nothing. It was just they had to they had to put the vehicles and everything through the crowd. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, yeah, it was a poorly planned parade. Well, they don't—they didn't really have any experience doing right, it. Right, so. right, right. I'm, I'm pretty sure the net, I'm pretty sure when the Browns win the Super Bowl next year, uh, 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 the parade will be better uh, organized. You heard me, Steve. I'm just wondering if we might not have a baseball parade before then. 
Oh. Okay. That's actually more of a hot take, yeah, in that's my opinion. <laughs> absolutely more of a hot take. But anyway. Uh yeah, let's uh we've we've babbled on long enough. Let's uh let's kinda end this end this episode with a couple events uh we've got coming up. Um, a couple that we've already talked about, uh, even though Jordan wants to expand uh, on one of them, and yeah. then a new one that Jordan uh, kind of listed for us. So, Jordan, yeah. take so, it away. I, I won't really spend any time on the, the concerts. We've already explained that. Unfortunately, it's going to be real difficult to find tickets moving forward. Uh, but the Killers will but if be you here. Do, yeah, let Dan But if know. you do, uh, at Daniel J. Ford on Twitter, Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, all that. 21 Pilots will be performing July 5th, and The Killers will be performing July 6th on Mall B. Uh, another thing I wanted to highlight for All-Star Weekend uh, will be the Play Ballpark, which I'm going to for sure, and I'm really excited about it. So it's going to be in the Huntington Convention Center, as well as above it on Mall B as well. So there's an outside and an indoor part. Uh, it's going to be... Well, that's where the concert is. Well, right, but there, it's going to be out, out on top for a yeah. bit, too. So there's going to be VR technology, uh, World Series trophy, historical exhibits, uh, artifacts, uh, hands-on experiences, uh, Hall of Fame legends will be there. Um, so there's going to be a lot of different stuff in the inside part. Uh, basically, it's like a mini museum they've made for baseball. And um, I'm not sure which Hall of Famers are going to be there, but it's probably going to be some decent names. I'm sure it's um, TBD, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So... Uh, I'm sure there will be an Indians one there. Like yeah, I'm sure right, Jim right. Tomey will be there or exactly, something like that. Right. You, there might be actually a lot of Indians legends because of it's in Cleveland. Yeah. So um, this you do need tickets for. Uh, they cost $25 each, or you can buy two for 10 on for Friday only. I don't know what that's all about. There's also family deals. So if you're Does that get, get you like, into the concert on Saturday? It doesn't get you into the concert, unfortunately. Damn it. Uh, the outdoor part is free, though. That's going to be more like... You can do drills. You can hit balls. You can pitch. You can, That's what Jordan wants to do. There's a batting cage. <laughs> so there's other stuff Jordan like that. Jordan wants to run the bases. As well. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm hoping for. Uh, and there's also going to be live music and food. Um, yeah, so that's that's just a little bit more I want to expand on the All-Star Week events. Uh, there's all, you, Obviously, you know the games and the, the derbies and all that. So that's we already know that. So you either get in that or you don't get in that. So I also want to highlight Burning River Fest which is going on this weekend. This is actually a pretty pretty big staple Cleveland festival. We've never been to it, at least I haven't. Um, and I probably won't be able to do it this week either, this weekend either. But it's this weekend, June 21st and 22nd. It's on Whiskey Island. It's a music festival that features plenty of food and drink. Uh, Great Lakes is a beer sponsor, so they're going to have tons of different options. Sauce Pizza Truck. There's a permanent location in Fairview Park. Really like it. It's wood fire oven pizza. Yep, I've been there. Um, I'm a big fan. Uh, they're going to be there. 216 Bistro, Barrio, Mitchell's Ice Cream, and other food options will be there. The festival raises funds for charity. In their own words, Burning River Foundation is dedicated to improving, maintaining, and celebrating the vi vitality of our regional freshwater resources. Our vision is to establish Northeast Ohio as the recognized environmental leader dedicated to the sustainability of its high-quality freshwater resources. Uh, I think that's really cool, um, especially because Lake Erie has had a lot of pollution problems and the Cuyahoga River. It's really awesome to see that uh, organizations and, and even the government have been making huge steps to improving uh, both re bodies of water. And I'm excited to, for what the future holds. And it's cool to be a part of something like this. If you go to this festival, you're going to contribute to that improvement. So, um, And then we still have the stand-in event that's going on. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, so uh, we talked about this the last few weeks. Uh, the City Mission is doing a stand-in. It's an event to raise awareness for the homeless children that are in the Cleveland Public Schools. Um, so they estimate that roughly 3,000 children in the Cleveland Public Schools are considered homeless. Did you know that, Steve? That's no idea. 3,000. That's shameful. Staggering. Absolutely staggering. Um, so what they're doing, what they're trying to do is they're looking to get uh, one person to stand in on Public Square on Saturday, June 29th from 4 to 7. Uh, they're trying to get one person to stand in for every child that's deemed homeless. So they're looking to get 3,000 people. Oh. Uh, just an event to raise awareness uh, to this issue that probably not a lot of people like really thought about. Um, so that's Saturday, uh, June 29th. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to go there. I just uh, recently found out because of my schedule. I have a wedding to go to and then a family graduation party if I get out of the wedding. Um at a decent hour, so. Uh, but go to uh, thecitymission.org/standin uh, if you want to register and go. I think they have roughly two thousand people registered right now. They're looking to get three thousand. Um, so definitely consider it. There's there's going to be it's at Public Square downtown. They're going to have food trucks, uh, I think music, and then they're going to do like a moment of silence, prayer, or something like that, uh, just to kind of yeah. uh, acknowledge uh, the kids who are homeless. So. Uh, that's that, and uh, yeah, that's that's actually next weekend now. So, so definitely check that out for sure. All right. Uh, so before we end here, that's pretty much gonna do it for us. But uh, a new segment that we debuted last week, uh, that got great reviews, highly acclaimed. <laughs> before we end every episode, Steve, we're doing a new segment now on LOTL, pretty quick, and uh, it's called uh, "What's the Move." So, Jordan. What's the move this weekend? What do you got going on? So, this weekend, I have a charity event tomorrow right after work. I actually get to leave work early, so I'm excited. Uh, it's just basically you pay a fee to uh, do a spinning class, um, and it's raising money for a charity. Uh, so, I'll be doing that afterwards. Uh, anyone's welcome to come to Saucy uh, Brewworks. Um, not sure what I'll do after that. Probably just chill. But Saturday, I have nothing planned. So depending on the weather, I'll probably just watch World Women's World Cup and play video games until the evening. Jordan just recently got an Xbox One. so Yeah, so I'm still hyped. He's playing video um, games a lot. And in the evening, I know Teresa and her family are doing They're having like a family hangout later. So I'll be doing that. That's about it. Sunday, I usually take real chill because I don't like doing much on Sundays other than go to church. So. Yeah. Steve, what's the move for you this weekend? The move for me and for the rest of my family is we are getting up very early before 6 a.m. On, on Saturday morning. We are driving across the Laurel Highlands of Pennsylvania to the Atlantic coastline to Sea Isle City, ah, New Jersey. The yearly Stefano trip to Sea Isle City. We will be there for the duration of next week. It's going to awesome. be awesome. That will be a lot of fun. Going to go get some Lou Dogs, huh? Yes, we will be at Lou Dogs. Probably Saturday evening, if I had to guess. Is uh, is uh, Matthew going? He will be showing up sometime midweek. He'll be flying in from California. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big fan. Sounds like a good time. It is. Dan, what's going on with you? You got to say it. I did. No. Dan, what's your move? 
What's the move? What's That's, the move, fam? Come on, man. Sorry, I'm looking at the new Houston Rockets jerseys. I got it. Just and I knew about the segment three minutes ago. So. <laughs> <laughs> We're working out the kinks still. Uh, let's see. For me, good question. Uh, so uh, Sunday for sure. Uh, we're doing a uh, party for my grandmother. She is she actually yesterday turned eighty oh. years old. So we rented out a pavilion at the uh, Middleburg Heights Rec Center uh, because that's she lives in Middleburg Heights, and uh, we're just going to be grilling out. We're going to have about 40, 50 family members coming out, just grilling out, playing games, uh, that good stuff. So that's going to take up. Majority of my Sunday. That's yeah. good summertime fun right there. That's yeah. like that but hopefully it doesn't freaking rain. Yeah, that would be. Don't think it's supposed to. Sunday? No. No. Okay. Well, good. Hopefully it doesn't. Uh, Saturday, I don't know yet. Um, I had been planning for a while to go to the Gold Cup game, but that's Saturday, so I don't know. Um, we'll see. Tomorrow, I don't really have. I don't think I have much planned, but you know, who knows. Friday, I don't really usually like to do much just because I'm, like, exhausted after a week of work. Right, I get like that. I generally like to take it easy, but we'll see what happens. So, yeah, that's the move for LTL. And the move for Jimmy, we know, he is in Baltimore visiting his lady friend. So that's what Jimmy's doing this weekend. Hopefully he has some crab cakes. Crab <laughs> <laughs> So, but anyway, that is uh, pretty much going to do it for us this week. Uh, thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Uh, getting getting through with us the first part of the NBA draft while the Cavs drafted. Uh, they took Darius Garland as a recap. Guard out of Vanderbilt. Uh, that's who I wanted. So go Cavs. Kobe Altman, you're good in my book. Um, but, yeah, we appreciate you listening. If you're listening on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or SoundCloud, give us a follow. Give us a rating, uh, a legit rating, unlike Teresa's brother. Uh, give us a review all that good stuff we appreciate the feedback even if it's sarcastic Um, and uh, yeah Um, follow us on social media at the LOTL podcast on Instagram Twitter and Facebook and uh, we will uh, catch you guys next week so uh, for Jimmy who's out in Baltimore for Jordan and for Steve this week filling in thanks Steve for coming again Uh, I'm Dan You've been listening to Living Off the Land, and we will catch you guys next week. See ya. Bye. Now I'm done.